This is Books, Beats, and Beyond, where we will bring you provocative music and engaging interviews from music artists, authors, and others with topics that will pique your curiosity. I'll be your host, Taj. Today, I'm talking with indie hip-hop artist Mark Speck. We'll be talking about his album titled At War With The Shadows. Mark Speck, welcome to Book Speaks and Beyond. Hey, peace, man. I appreciate it. Hey, appreciate you. Hey, I always like to ask the MCs, break down your name, Mark Speck. What's that all about? I mean, it, it's got a couple different things in there, but the most basic thing when I tell people, it's like, it can't be that simple. <laughs> it's a name back in the day when everybody had their beepers or whatever. Okay. Um, and you go out and you meet girls or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would just tell them my name is Mark. Okay. It's kind of close to my real name, but you don't want to really give out your information. <laughs> okay. So I just was like Mark. And then when I used to kind of tag, I just did this cue and I did different variations of the cue. Okay. So girls would be like, oh, is it Marquise or this or that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Now you definitely don't know who I am. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then I pulled it a little bit from Mark Spector, who was like the Moon Knight in uh, in Marvel Comics. Mm, okay. And I also pulled it from like leaving your mark on the world to get your respect. Okay. Okay. All right, man. It's always it's so. Always... It's all about respect. I'm very, 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 you know, centered around respect. Mm-hmm. I'm a kid. I went to a lot of different schools growing up, mm. and school and jail basically like the same thing as far as respect. You right. gotta claim your respect from day one. You can't let anybody kind of bully you or make moves or push you over or anything like that. So, you know, going to a lot of different schools and, and a bunch of different cities, yeah. I always had to like from day one claim my respect. Like, nah. 
Right. You you gonna do feel any kind of way about me that you want to feel, but you always gonna respect my name. So right. Right. That's so, what it always comes from. So were you a military kid? That kind of or nah, just other circumstances? Nah, okay. Okay. Nah. Other circumstances plus my mom's ain't play with that. Like she was very very clear. Um, you know, my mom's is from the Caribbean, but she was over in Africa. She was over in London. And then, you know, coming over here and seeing how this school system treat kids. And you're talking about, like, the early 80s and all that. My mom's wasn't playing with it. So any kind of hints of, like, racism or they, they trying to hold you back. Or, you know, I I didn't had schools before, like, try to tell my mother that I was, like, learning disabled. Oh, one of those. They yeah. didn't wanna, they didn't want to really teach me. You right. know what I'm saying? They, they wasn't really trying to teach the kids. Being lazy. So right. my mom's like... My mom's is like, I know my son. I know my son's not learning disabled at all. So she pulled me out of that school, sent me to another one, and I excelled over it. Mm. So it was like, my my mom's was very, very clear about like the racism in the school system and what one of his purposes is. I was gonna say was, but it's still there. Right. You know, the, the the school, the prison pipeline. Right. So she seen that game early and was like, Nah, if I gotta send you to a million schools or try to find one where they can really teach you without any kind of BS. Right. So it's like if my mother had to go through this, you know, above and beyond. And I went to every school. I went to public school, Catholic school, a Jesuit school, like all different kinds of schools, you know. Yeah. Did I get kicked out of some? Sure. But, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I was a wild kid. But at the same time, it was still trying to get me to, to better myself mm-hmm. and get me around. That's why I feel like I could talk to a lot of different people because I've always been exposed to a lot of different cultures and people. Ah, so you're saying from, from all that, you've learned how to maneuver through people. You've learned respect. Anything? It, it seems like even at an early age, you've learned... You learned what racism was, right? It seems like it pretty early. Man, listen, my pop gave me that that conversation because he seemed like I was friends with everybody. Right, friends with black, white, Jewish, Asian, Indian. You know, I had friends from Iran. I had friends from everywhere. Mm -hmm. But my pop had to pull my coat. Like, you know, you you could be friends with everybody, but bear in mind that you was born with one strike against you already. Mm, So you're not going to be able to enjoy certain privileges that these other people might seem to enjoy based on your skin color right. and that stayed with me forever like, how did that, that make you feel idea. though at a young age when he said that how, how did do you remember how that changed you in oh a sense? i was arrogant i was still kind of cocky okay arrogant from a young age like yo I'm, i could talk to whoever i want to talk to i right. do however i want to move I, you know that's not going to affect me and this and that and as you get older and you see kind of the subtleties of it right. and you see exactly how it affects you, you know, you become more aware. But right. that's one of those things I can I can exactly remember the conversation, like him sitting me down. I was probably like seven. Wow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. And I still kind of remember what he had on when he was telling me, you know, you got one strike against you, mm. one strike against you already. So I was always, you know, I was brought up to be like, you know, always hold your head up high. Yeah. You know, look people in the eyes, strong handshake and all that. But at the end of the day, know that like, and this is, this is jarring to a kid. It's like it is. That I, yeah. A lot of your friends ain't really going to be your friends. Exactly. Ain't it crazy? Yeah. Forever. Right. Right. And you know, I think every parent struggles with that because I got kids around that age you just said, and you're like, dang. You just really want to teach them about how beautiful black blackness is, as we know, and you just want to try to maintain some innocence. 
And then you like, I got to have that conversation one day. And it's like, it's so fucked up that we have to, you know what I mean? It's it really fucked up. But it does if help. But it does help. Exactly. You don't, you like alum- and, and you're still going to make mistakes, man. I was a kid. Like, I dated everybody. I, had, I didn't had an Indian girlfriend, a white yeah, girlfriend, right. Israeli girlfriend, a girlfriend from Somalia, yeah. from, from Eritrea, a girlfriend from Korea, a girlfriend from everywhere. Dude. Right. So I was literally like, I grew up colorblind, especially in the East Coast where I was at. Mm-hmm. You know, moving from Philly to Jersey and then being back and forth, family in New York and all right. that. You see a rainbow of people, absolutely, so, and you go to school with a rainbow of people, so you don't never know that outside this perimeter is people who have never experienced any diversity that and true. think that all diversity is based on what they see on TV. Right, right, right. Wow, that's dope, man. So, so let, let's 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 get back on talking about some of the music. I I, I really want to understand what what specifically kind of influenced you you know, to become an MC, what was it? Well, I, t- I attribute it to being in Philly and the always having it in my veins. Like I seen people walking around with boom boxes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I remember what the original KFC tasted like when they still had the animal fats in or whatever law <laughs> they were using okay. in the 80s. I thought it was just me because you know I mean? it does taste nah. different now, right? <laughs> yeah, when they went to the vegetable oils and all that, and yeah, kind of changed everything. But that that early eighties, yeah, KFC. that's right. I remember the same. I, I remember my first bite. I'm like, yo, this is this is crack right now, yo. It's crack before crack. Exactly. That was crack before crack. Right. But um, yeah, man, just seeing seeing the graffiti around and the boom boxes and you listening to it, and again, I wasn't I wasn't really all the way dialed in. Like I always loved music. Yeah. You know, I was one of them kids, loved Michael Jackson. I could listen to the Culture Club. I was listening to <laughs> Tears for Fears. Yeah. You know, all that classic shit. Right. And then you hear hip-hop. And at first, I was like, damn, this shit is fly, but it's kind of slow. Like, uh, yeah. the early, early 80s mm-hmm. shit. And I was like, yo, I, I kind of, you know, Rapper's Delight and all that. You pick it up, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in middle school and all that. So I had started kind of rapping just based on being around the neighborhood and I had a cousin that was like a dancer. He's actually his cousin. He, one of his cousins is, uh, the DJ for De La Soul. Macy. Oh, word. Oh, wow. So back when yeah. all that was coming out, he would be seeing, he would get like the promo stuff and be dancing, you know, hot top fades and all that. <laughs> so I was like, damn, these cats is really with it. You know what I mean? And this same cousin kind of really influenced me. He gave he would ride around with me. And let me listen to like EPMD Strictly Business. Wow, yeah. Uh, Takes a Nation of Millions, Public Enemy. Wow. Um, Brand new, being awful one. I still got the original tapes that he Ooh. dubbed me or gave me. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that right there was what really told me, like, you know, hip hop is something that is like a party. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like a culture. So as he would start rapping and shit. I'd be like, damn, Les is kind of nice with this. Shit. He was a dancer, <laughs> new mad dancers, new mad rhymes, and I kind of would be going home and just taking that and trying to do it to myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To yeah. the point where I'd be freestyling for my little brother or something. How old were you? My little brother. How old was I? Yeah, I was like probably nine or ten. Wow. Okay. Okay. But the first time it really hit me, I was 11. And mm. I know exactly what happened. It was this girl, Atisha, in school. <laughs> and she was like, yo, she was telling the kids, the boys, like, you can't rap. And I was like, yeah, I can rap. 
It's like, okay, prove it. I was like, I'm going to go home and write something for you. <laughs> so I went home and I, I wrote a rap for her. And the next day I said that joint in school and she loved me for it. <laughs> I she was heard. like, I want to keep this rap. But then again, I always had an affinity for poetry. Like right. I was that dude, like I sucked in mad other subjects, but poetry and reading and writing and all that was always my passion. Mm. So I was that dude, like before class, if somebody didn't do their homework, they're like, yo, could you do a poem or something for me real quick? <laughs> yeah. And I'll do it like right while the teacher walking around grabbing papers. I'll write a poem in like two minutes. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? As soon as, as soon as you heard hip hop, it just made sense, huh? It just like went to your bones, man. Yeah, it was a, it was an experience, man. And then as I got better and better, like, um, you still was kind of shy, like to take it out the house. Yeah, right. But I always <laughs> say, like, that's that's necessary steps to really get good with this shit. Is like you got to leave your crib. You got to go to the corner. Right. The corner. You got to go to somebody else's corner. From that corner, you got to go downtown. You got to go, you know, all over to get your props up. That's right. So in '92, I was like getting better, and I was writing this shit, and my freestyling off the head was kind of nice, like nasty for a kid. <laughs> and we had this dude, Fat Daryl, around my way, who was like the nicest MC around us. The kid was like 300 pounds, but was had the nicest flow, like was pun before pun, <laughs> like fast, yeah. spitting, crazy. So when people had seen me freestyling with Fat Daryl one day, it's like 92, and uh, we was at this spot just freestyling. That's when like my boys, my friends was actually like, yo, you kind of nice with that shit. <laughs> what, Just what the if, fact I could keep up with him. What, you know if, what, I mean? what if Fat, Fat Daryl, right? That was his name? Yeah. What did he think? Yeah. What did he think? What, what did he say after y'all? Oh, Fat Daryl was dabbing me the whole time. Like, yo, this kid is nice. <laughs> okay. And everybody looked up to him. That was the first time I kind of knew the power of a cosign. Right. And at the same time, I never really fed into it, but you have to. But it's like, once he kind of cosigned me, everybody else was like, Oh, oh yeah, you dope. Even <laughs> though they had been hearing me, right, right, wow. I mean, you know, I, I love hearing stories when people, when hip hop first influenced them, because some people the stories are so vivid. I mean, you can literally remember it. It's amazing, you know, from so long ago, something like that. You can remember it down to the finest detail, and 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 you know, we just love hearing these stories because so many that people feeling never leaves you. Never you know? leaves that you. That first feeling of when people actually acknowledge you as being nice. You never forget that feeling. Do you think? Do you think as MC that you it's it's almost like you chasing that dragon again, trying to uh, trying to get that feeling again, or or, or or what is it? Do you feel like th does that feeling ever leave you in a sense? This shit, if you get it down right, is like riding a bike. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm at the point in my life now where like I don't write nothing unless I'm gonna use it for a project. Mm, right. So I don't even write all the time. Like I experience life inhale and then i exhale it mm, mm -hmm. with my feelings so that's how i am but i always looked at it from an art standpoint first before anything like my first real 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 look of getting money from rhyming like words from my my mind out my mouth was in 1998 how did that feel i went to this huh how did that feel oh dude listen i had <laughs> went to this joint to go listen to uh people rhyming you know i lived down the street from a record store mm had just moved to Atlanta a little couple months before that. And uh, I was down the street from Hit This Record. Shout out to all of them if they even hear this. Because <laughs> that was, you know, Greg and DJ B.E. You know what I mean? Shouts to them. But that was the hub of hip-hop. You could go in, get records, listen to records. Everybody be there freestyling. It was that type of spot. So they had an event where, you know, they was kind of had this thing where 
people were battling and mm. rhyming to win a trip to New York to go work with said G of Ultra Magnetic. Oh, word. Wow. And get flown up there and fucking, wow. you know, and they contribute to a record he was working on. As I think Ultra was working on some new shit. He was working on some shit that was kind of trying to revamp it for like the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So he had picked a couple of MCs. Anyways, I went to that spot. And I'm looking around, I'm like, yo, people are really like lined up, rhyming and shit, and they're going around passing the mic or whatever. And it's this dude, I forget his name, but um, it was a dread. And he was kind of like already signed, and he was the figurehead. He had come down from New York to do the whole shit, whatever, whatever. So they passing the mic around, going to people, to people, to people. I'm just peeping the shit. I'm not even really interested. Mm-hmm. So then I said, you know what? It hit me like, you know what? Let me just spit something. <laughs> so I end up getting the mic last or whatever, and everybody is already like, yo, da 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 da. So I end up in my rhyme dissing the dude they had brought down. <laughs> like I started kind of battling him, saying he was whack, and everybody else was kind of whack, like how I ain't heard no real bars or this and that. Yo, I end up winning the joint. Word, nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Plane ticket, some bread. Go to New York, work on this record. How was that? So, How was that that whole experience doing that? Going. Oh, man. Cat yeah. had me in studios. I met Daddy-O from Stetsasonic. Wow. He's in Harlem the whole time, taking me to Brooklyn, because it said G still played ball. So mm. he'd be going to Brooklyn to play basketball. I would roll with him. You know, just walking the streets around with like a... He's a he's really an unrecognized legend. Absolutely. I mean, he got a lot under his belt. Like right. critical beatdown, mm-hmm. um, public, helping, um, helping Boogie Down Productions early. So I picked up a lot from said. Like matter of fact, he gave me my first copy of Behold the Pale Horse. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> yeah, I still got it. You know what I'm saying? But he was breaking down a lot of science. Yeah, and absolutely. Shit to me back in '98. That's still relevant right now mm-hmm. in 2018. Mm. Man. So yeah, that is that is that is an excellent experience, man. To be that your first time you get paid. That I mean, that was like that's a that's a huge experience right there man. well i'm being flown to new york <laughs> exactly. to go work on music man. off of fucking freestyling off my head and getting a per diem check when i get there wow that's dope man <laughs> well let, let, let's uh let's talk a little bit about about the album now the album's called at war with the shadows what, what do you mean there what do you mean it's like we always in a struggle man mm. if you how could you be at war with your shadow, man? Yeah, right. So it's like, that's the depth of the struggle that we all go through every day. Mm. And throughout the negativity, which we got to embrace, we got to try to format that energy and try to shift it into something positive. Right, right. But you're constantly at war with your shadow. Mm. Yeah. Could you, 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 you also talked about how you use the shadows to spread light. Break that down. Mm-hmm. Break that down my pen ha <laughs> okay that's my pen because mm-hmm. a lot of my shit my style is grilchy that's grimy and filthy mix <laughs> right and in the grilch it's like a charcoal you know what i'm saying it don't get much darker than charcoal mm-hmm. until you get to the center and develop it and you know you can make a diamond make a diamond yeah so that's what i'm talking about like if you listen to the whole album and see it's like you pick that line out off top yeah that's what it's about is leaving people some bars like right. forever they tried to say i was just a battle rapper i was just a battle rapper 
Fam, every project I've ever dropped has a positive joint in there. It does, right. Every project I've dropped has a gem or two in there. Mm -hmm. So I got the battle shit. I got the aggression. I mean, I'm born in Philly. Like <laughs> I was I was on a block where, you know what I'm saying, on Springfield Ave, like you had to walk to the you know, and this is still wild when I tell it to people. I was like five. Is this North Philly? Corner store. This is West Philly. West Philly, okay, okay, yeah. So I'm like, I'm walking into the corner store. First of all, I'm light skinned. Mm -hmm. I was like the lightest person on my block. I was <laughs> getting in fist fights every day just for being light skinned. Damn. Like, yo, just to make it to my block was like a video game. <laughs> At like five years old, six years old, Dang. on top of that, they actually would have gloves on people's stoops. So kids would be boxing. Wow. I was boxing at like five and six. Man. Yeah. Seven years old, we was throwing gloves on. The big joints. <laughs> and having like the older cats, you know, kind of kind of get us, get our hands right. Oh, those That's big why, joints. Like, those big joints. When you get hit in the head, man, you dizzy. I remember those, man. I mean, even though it's still kids punching. <laughs> right. We was punching. We right. Was really like trying to punch. But I mean... You look back at that time and you're like, yo, this shit is crazy. Yeah. Like five, six, seven years old on your block. You know, walking, play video games to the corner store, doing this and that. And it's super violent, around, violence all around you. Mm -hmm. But you don't even, you know, you, you just out there. I was one of them kids. I had my little Fisher Price radio on my stoop and kids would come to my stoop and chill. <laughs> that city shit. You yeah. know what I mean? That real city shit. So, um, just saying developing from there right. you know what i mean I, and that wasn't just my block that's all over philly so that's why when you see like we got some of the best boxers that's why <laughs> right. that shit start early that's right it's on every stoop man that's crazy man that's crazy but i remember i remember growing up with those gloves too man the, i mean I, I need to get my i'm gonna buy my son some of those one day man because the, those those things right there you know they're heavy too you know what i'm saying you 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 build up your your your, your hand speed too <laughs> with those man as a as a little kid that's crazy she was like karate kid in the hood <laughs> right. Right. a lot of starvation it's a lot of ribs touching but you know what i do i start feeling that Feeling the hunger Came through and started stealing they thunder No knife or fork, you just eat with the monsters Flap your yeah, yak, yeah, yeah, believe what y'all want to Don't change the fact, y'all real easy to puncture Don't mind me, I tend to creep on the humble Deep in the jungle, he sleep like a hunter Keep one eye open just to see when the sun come They tell you sell your soul and you may be on And if you don't sign your life, then you crazy, huh? The world is a stage, baby, play your part Mainly raw, preach your peace while they wage your war Staying calm, got a poem on my baby arm Say the war, spit it more pure than avion Take your heart, sing your spirit to the great beyond You can tell we way better than they say we are They try to see me shine in this business That's why we always seem to die for a living First they doubt, then they cry for forgiveness But I don't even think the sky is my limit they try to see me shine in this business That's why we always seem to die for a living First they doubt, then they cry for forgiveness But I don't even think the sky is my limit nah. And y'all ain't never seen nothing He had 1600 with that green butter 
He pulled off in something disgusting Would've took her too, except she ugly Fiends blushing off of every word he utter Extreme gutter, no need for a rebuttal Keep fronting, find yourself in a deep puddle Your cheek bubble, but please don't begrudge him most of my distinctions, they've been dubious It's real life, but it could've been a movie script Hit a vert when they let that little Uzi spit Backstage, jewelry stripped like a goopy chick And they still don't know who he is But luckily ain't no reflection in them dark mirrors They call sheriffs and pallbearers cause y'all fairest Playing low, layered in the Arcteryx But only chosen few will survive the drought The rest, probably take it lying down he been on higher ground, why they drying out? I'm laughing at half the shit y'all crying about But you ain't gotta listen to me I've been indiscreet, having Christmas at the beach Follow, just pick up your feet The kid is a beast, no way he ever blamed with the sheep uh. They try to see me shine in this business That's why we always seem to die for a living First they doubt, then they cry for forgiveness But I don't even think the sky is my limit they try and see me shine in this minute That's why we always seem to die for a living First they doubt, then they cry for forgiveness But I don't even think the sky is my limit You had a song in there called Monkey Wrench. What What is the message in this song? It's in the hook, man. That shit is basically like, yo, people going to doubt you. The big message of that shit is like, yo, people are always going to doubt you yeah. until other people say you dope. Mm. And then they're going to come around and say, yo, you dope. Right. Kind of like what I was breaking down with the situation with Fat Daryl. Like, it's a human thing. Right. How you get placed certain and, and perceive certain ways, you know, that's a big part of it. So it's like that's the monkey wrench in the whole system. It's like, yo, everybody going, you know, once everybody loves you, everybody loves you. Yeah, isn't it once crazy everybody though? Everybody hates you, they don't like you. It's you know crazy. And so to find real people, you know, I'm still getting my shit off letting people know like my my hunger never left. Mm -hmm. I'm still who I was, but you was doubting me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So this is that monkey wrench in your system right here. Right. Like, I'm one of them people where my ego was kind of fulfilled early. Like, everybody's a human. Everybody has egos and this and that. But I was one of them people, like, before the internet, just in my neighborhoods and stuff, I was kind of popping. Like, people be, like, running up to my mom, like, oh, you such and such as mom. <laughs> da -da -da -da. Girls would be doing that. Like, oh, oh wow. you da-da-da-da-da, moms. So this is like before internet. Yeah. So I know all about that getting popping and being popping, you know, in the neighborhood. Plus, I played every sport. Right. I mean, I played soccer. I played football, basketball, baseball, wrestling. You know, I was a kid. We was out. You know, <laughs> even when I went to school or was out of school, I was doing intramurals. So I always had that competitive spirit, always about harnessing your skills, sports. When right. I wasn't doing that, you know, I'm rhyming. I'm doing this and that. So that song monkey wrench is basically me in a nutshell right from beginning 
like, yo, I might spend my Christmas might be on the beach. I'm not, I don't even care about this shit. <laughs> wow. That, that, I'm, you know, you, you had a great line in that song and I was wondering if you can kind of uh, decode the line for us. You said, they tell you to sell your soul and you may be on. And then if you don't sign your life, then you crazy, huh? That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a dope line, man. Appreciate it, but it's real. Yeah. Look at how many people sold their souls and come back completed. I know. I know. How do you how do you a lot of people do it? How do you feel yeah. how do you feel about it now? You know, with all the technology at at, at our fingertips and is 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 there a, really a reason to still sell your soul or uh, you know, is, is there is there is there a if you require your ego being fed. Mm. It's in a very egotistical sport. Mm. more egotistical than many others you know right. what i'm saying it's all usually it's about you even mm. if you speak in a third person about yourself that's right you yeah. know it's expressing the ego you know what i'm saying it's a real pure expression of your ego yeah but at the same time it's a drug yeah absolutely so a lot of people get addicted to that type of shit you know when somebody falls off it's like going through a fucking bender, a heroin yeah. bender. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. You gotta do. You gotta crave that attention like a drug. Yeah. And once you understand and be at peace with like yourself, you you don't need that shit. Mm-hmm. Like me, I've designed like I've got lines on there where it's like on the album where it's like, yo, man, I made my dream my life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like. My, I dreamt like the way I'm living right now in 2018. I dreamed about 20 years ago. That's crazy. I didn't know where the fuck I was gonna end up. Where mm-hmm. I would be. I'm sitting in a crib now, laid up next to something real lovely. <laughs> you know, great kid. You know, my own little. I got a man cave, uh, a fucking a little spot out here where I'm talking to you, like my studio. Dope. And you know, I was a person when I moved to ATL. I had two blue duffel bags with all my shit in it. Mm. No car, no yeah. nothing. You know what I'm saying? I had got into a school, ended up go, trying to go to another school, going back to the other one, trying to figure out life. You know, I just knew I had to get the hell out of where I was at up top because it was a cycle, yeah. and I was seeing people content with the same shit, and I was never content. All right. So, so you're right. It's it's definitely the ego. I'm I'm glad that you said that because hip hop can definitely do that. You know what I mean? I I think out of all the music, it's the one where the ego was out front. You know what I mean? It's like your 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 heart is on your chest, on your sleeve. You know what I mean? And and yeah, the 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 sad thing is, and you see all these MCs and where they were at that one time at like their pinnacle, their peak. But now you might look at them and people be like, what is he doing now? Like he's not really doing anything anymore. And that could really hurt. That really hurts the MC sometimes. Some, some, yo, some, these yeah. Kids ever took the lesson that yo, Wu Tang fell off. Right. Right. Like who the fuck during the nineties would have ever thought Wu Tang would have <laughs> ever fell off. That exactly. was a world domination type of movement. Right. You know what I mean? Once I seen that that could come and go and people was like, yo, we ready for the next movement. Mm-hmm. And then G-Unit came in and they fell off. Right. You know, a kid, you living your best life, you don't care about the future that much. Mm-hmm. I came up in the era where we was like, we was for real, like you celebrated when you made it to 25. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you was happy like, yo, damn, I wasn't supposed to make it to 25. I mm-hmm. made it to 25. Yo, we made it. Mm-hmm. So 
these kids today, I don't fault them and shit. Right. You know what I mean? They gonna have their own stuff, but at the same time, ain't nobody really thinking about next year, next week, next month, nothing like that. So yeah. you gotta feed your ego and get it all in now. And a lot of people just they and and they don't even realize like, yo, you got a major platform. You mm. in front of a million people. Mm-hmm. All you gotta do is make a song. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now that you done did your grind and made it, that's why like even with Drake, like I don't fuck with Drake's music like right. that. Yeah. Because that's not my particular cup of tea. Got yeah. a couple of joints I like, mm-hmm. but I'm not no like I'm gonna sit down and just listen to Drake all day type of person. Right. But at the same time, he came through, he he makes songs. Right. He is to the point now where pop he is pop music. Right. Yeah. But you do you bring... walk into Walmart, you walk into Target, you know, you hear his You hear him, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't remember. Just think about that. Think about when we were coming up. I can't even imagine something like that being on, uh, uh, on the um, while you shopping. You know what I mean? It was more just like soft jazz. Now you got Drake and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's Drake now. But even when we came up, like I grew up in the East Coast, man. Radio was different. Like right. And this even attributes to my whole attitude in general is that. I remember being on the school bus and hearing Cream on the radio. Mm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. I remember hearing motherfucking Gravediggers on the radio. Yeah, Gravediggers. That, that song they had was on the radio. Yeah. I remember hearing the De La Soul Common Joint. <laughs> uh, boom, boom. Yeah. That shit was on the radio back then. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then when Big came in, People have felt like he was watering the shit down. Right. <laughs> People have a selective memory, but my memory, no matter how many trees came through, is <laughs> still pretty sharp, man, with right. certain things. Right. So I remember when people was looking at, like, the puff, shiny suit shit. Shiny suit, Like, yeah. that was how people looking at Drake now. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you yeah. can't really front, though. So yeah. that's what it is. And even with me, like, I just like to display my skill set. Yeah. I'm about rhyming for MCs. Like, I don't really rhyme for... I rhyme for everybody, but I rhyme for myself first. Right. Because it's self-therapy and medication and, and keeping my, my mental healthy. But then I rhyme for other MCs, like the people who do this shit. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. You, I definitely get that feeling. Yeah. It's it's like you are like the, the essence of it. You know what I mean? When you spit, you could be like, yeah, I, 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 I remember this type of MC and... You know, this is like where you go to a house party or just anywhere on the corner and you just it's just that dude that like, yo, Mark, spit. Let let them know what you do. And And that's what I come from. <laughs> yeah. I come from them house parties, them corners, yeah, the motherfucking hot boxing in the car for eight hours. <laughs> right. You know, I come from that era. So that's why like I just carry it with me. It's mm-hmm. it's like riding a bike now. Mm-hmm. That's why it's like, yo, I just live and if I feel like writing like I'm sitting on some beats now. I'm working on an EP um produced by Blue. Oh, okay. And I'm just living with the beats right now. Yeah. Like I've jotted a few things here and there, but what what I do a project, I live with the music. I listen to it, I drive around with it, yeah. I sleep with it, yeah. eat with it. Yeah. I don't just be going in the studio writing like, yo, right. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe at, at a certain point I did sharpening my sword, being with Brody Chance, mm, you know, being in a group and mm-hmm. and all that, and developing your skills. Yeah, you go to the studio, you just write, knock it out. Now, for like the last few projects I've done, 
It's I mean from machete vision on really. Wow. How, how even with how do you feel yeah. about doing it that way? What 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 do you what what are you taking from that way? Like what 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 is making it more rich doing it that way versus just going up in the studio and doing it? What's making you do it this way? I mean, I could do it like that, but again, I told you I do this for me first. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when I'm doing things, I gotta make sure I'm happy with it first. That's why, like, when I when I've been releasing projects, and I'm I'm not really gonna do that too much longer because who knows how long we still doing this, but mm-hmm. I would wait because I would like to let an album marinate, even at war with the shadows. Uh, okay. That shit was sitting for over a year, mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I like to let shit marinate. Make stop listening to it for like a month, two months. Ah, uh, kind of clean go your back, ears. Listen, got you. Listen, clean your ears. Go back, listen to it fresh. Make sure the shit is still banging. Mm-hmm. Make sure that the music is timeless. And that's that's what I I never got caught in just following the trend. I see. Right. Right. Well, I think I think that's good. I think um I'm seeing that with some some artists now. Just not just putting out music to put out music not 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 all about quantity but let letting it marinate make the quality because that's going to last longer than all that other stuff man you know what i mean right it's about that immediate attention span you know what i'm saying that it that that the attention spans are getting shorter and shorter i believe so i mean people try to just drop mad shit just to keep your name sticking i know because they know if they can't if they take a year off two years off they done yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Master yourself and you never be a slave. I pray you never see the day an enemy prevails. Everything beautiful eventually decay. So unless you like the faith, shouldn't ever be afraid. Either moving with us or you getting in the way They setting up a game that you never get to play Let that pepper spray till it's dead up in their face We ain't happy with the love cause it's better when they hate Went through real pain most never would know could have gave up more than a decade ago too stubborn but never felt the pressure to blow only keep going knowing it was testing the soul we was never supposed to even get in the dough it's immeasurable when you start catching the glow that's fruits of labor in the truest nature gotta separate the real from hallucination you could lose your way if you're too impatient can't argue with fools so i'm through debating gave them the red pill but they choose the matrix and an honest opinion they label you a hater the hardest part is just getting started most just talking instead of setting targets so the goals will never get accomplished but regardless nothing hurt worse than a broken promise nothing yo I made that promise to myself a long time ago There's a time wasn't nobody believing in the kid but itself, man Straight up And even these people, you can't believe what they tell you, man They circle you with lies Hug you with lies Surround you with negative energy, man, it's fucked up But all you can do is keep going Wake up Keep going Yesterday's over, it's always tomorrow Gotta look inside to make it out sometimes And we did just that
so we just played the song blind oasis uh what keeps you like pursuing hip-hop man like what what do you what are you trying to get out of it i've gotten everything out of mm. it that i wanted to get out of it probably almost 20 years ago you mm. know what i mean mm. i like I told you, I had won that little award and worked with said G. Yeah. That was major to me. If anybody is a real hip hop person, yeah. I know who that is. That's crazy. And being in the lab and watching this man make beats and then being around Daddy O and getting introduced to Cool Keith and mm -hmm. going to strip clubs with fucking Ultra Magnetic <laughs> Magic City and shit like that. And, you know what I mean? And then and then from that my man, I self-divine from this group called uh, the Micronauts. They was heavy mm. in the underground, and he's big now. He signed to uh, Rhyme Sayers. Oh, okay. But um, he's a he played a pivotal role too in just seeing me rhyming on the street and being like, "Oh, you kind of nice." Mm. You know what I mean? And just we we kind of bonded from there and started, you know, what I mean, just being on some people burn L's and and talk about politics and talk about music and then start doing joints. You know what I mean? But that cat helped introduce me to Big Just when um Big oh, Just word. was forming his label from he was he left LP yeah and started Subverse and Big Just you know this is this is why I say man you can't never take nothing for granted like I was working a I was working at probably like some bullshit mm -hmm. and still trying to pursue rhyming and getting on at that point I still had that illusion. And I need to just get a record out, get right. a record out. Yeah. I watched them get signed. And they was letting me open up shows for them. Mm. So that's why I say he played a pivotal role because he had let me open up this one show and Big Just was there. Mm. And Son basically signed me after seeing me do a set. Wow. I mean, you're talking about at this showcase, he was just getting his label together. He had signed uh, MF Doom. Yeah. He signed wow. Micronauts. He signed like uh, Science of Life, John Robinson and them. And it's very early in the tenure, but it's like, imagine doing a joint, right? And you on stage, you do two songs, and the second song, you kind of mess up. Mm. But you keep going freestyling. Mm -hmm. That happened in that show. Ooh. MCs know what I'm talking about. How did that happen? Right? Yeah, I know, what you, I know what you're saying. How, how, did, Yo, so, how did that turn out for you? How did... Boom, I ended up getting signed as soon as I got off the wow. stage. Big Just was like, yo, I got a meeting. I want to have a meeting with you uh, tomorrow whenever you're free. Talk wow. about the record. Yo, MF Doom came up to me. This is the first time I met Doom. He, wow. He, like, he bought me a, a beer. He bought now, me is this Doom like, Doom without the mask or with the mask? I don't know where you... He didn't have the mask Oh, yet. wow. He still was around <laughs> the era of... Uh, no, I think he maybe he had just got the mask. Okay. But it was like right when he bef between the bandana and the mask, like right around there. <laughs> yeah. I think now actually, you know what? He had the bandana still. Wow. He, like, he didn't really have the mask yet. Wow. And uh, and and he had bought me a Heineken and shit, and it was like, yo, that was dope. I was like, yo, man, I fucked up that second song. He's like, man, I couldn't tell. That shit wow. sounded crazy. Yeah. So it's like Big Just and Doom in the same night telling you your shit is crazy, and I got signed to a deal. I had talked to Doom after that. He was like, yo, but I was broke as shit, man. I mm -hmm. can't even front. Like, yeah. I, I was trying to move my little tree and do this and that and work a little gig here and there. Mm -hmm. I have no money for no music. Mm -hmm. So they was, I luckily could go to the lab, Doom, like, yo, as soon as you get your budget. I think my budget was like 10000 mm -hmm. He was like, yo, as soon as you get your budget. um, I think it was a 10000 with like 3000 advance. Wow. And... You know, to do like an EP or some shit. Yeah. And Doom, like, yo, I'll do $200 a beat for you once Man. you get your advance and this and that. I'm having like all my 
my shit met, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then watching, like, at be, at, this is before the label collapsed, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm doing that. I had my vinyl coming, working with people who were going to be legends and shit, or just having them acknowledging that a nigga could really spit. Wow. So Damn, how- around that same time, we end up fucking uh, shout to Jay Force. Wow. He had a radio show on 89.3, yeah. right? Wow. Yeah. So he had KRS One up there. Whoa. And, um, it was my birthday and we listening to the radio, me and wifey, whatever. We had just did my birthday dinner and it's like, Oh, two maybe. And, um, man, listen, this cat is up there. KRS one. I'm like, yo, KRS one is on the radio at J force's show. I need to go down there. This hmm. would be like, this would top my birthday off. Just to go <laughs> fucking meet KRS right. and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, he on there, he freestyling the radio, doing an interview. So boom, I get there. J Force bring me in. We chilling, you know. Met uh, met KRS wife. We chillin', wifey chilling building with her. I go in there, sit down. J Force like, yo, the suspect. Da da da. End up freestyling. Mm. It wasn't even really a dope freestyle like that to me. I was just like coming off the top of the head, like, oh shit. I wasn't even thinking about doing nothing like that. <laughs> yo, I'm leaving. We leaving or whatever. And his assistant is like, yo, Chris wants your um your information. Mm. He's doing a show down here in Atlanta. I want you to open up. Nice. Wow. Dude, that shit was amazing. Wow. We did the show and all that in KRS One to this day. Like, whenever I see him or whatever, and it ain't, I probably ain't seen him in a long time, but I remember I seen him in like the 08 or something like that. Still kind of remember 09. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, man, this shit was just some dope ass shit to happen to a cat that was a fan of hip hop watching. Right. By any means necessary video on <laughs> Yo MTV raps. <laughs> like, yo, Chris actually fucking fucked with the kid. Like, wow. So we're talking about, we're talking about Chris, Karis One. We're talking about MF Doom. I mean, I see why you yo, said that. Yo, and then I'll give you another crazy story. <laughs> Like right around the same time again, and I've I've talked about this shit in interviews, but you asked me the question, so I'm gonna give you the answer. Mm-hmm. And it's a kind of a long answer, but it, the stories all break it down. Was like, yo, me and my man said, um, we ain't never paid to go nowhere, man. We mm-hmm. was just brodying up into spots. <laughs> like I sp- I swear I went like ten years without ever paying to get into a club. Wow, dope. <laughs> Straight up, just finding our way in, and a lot of them times. Man, we didn't really even pay nothing for nothing. We get in, somebody had had trees over. Oh, y'all want something to drink? Da, da, da. So we li- really lived that Brody shit. When I talk to people, it's like, dog, I literally was got in here and ain't pay for nothing, had a great time, and might have got a joint number or two. You know what I'm saying? But listen, we had got into a spot where RZA was doing a show. Mm. He was presenting that whole, his Wu Chamber with the Black Knights and oh, yeah. uh, Killer Army yeah, and yeah. all of them. And, you know, we had a contact that was, like, kind of cool with them, end up not even knowing it. And dude is like, yo, come backstage, y'all. So we backstage with them, whatever, whatever. We watching RZA just straight on shit on people because we playing the cut. We real niggas. We not no dick riders. <laughs> we, not no, we not no begging people. Yeah. We real niggas. So we playing the scene like everybody else. We got our little drink. We got our little tree. We not bothering nobody. Mm-hmm. We just vibing out just on some, yo. Rizza here, you know, he was the god at the time. Right. Like, yo, we watching people he, he, try to hand him tapes. This nigga, like, yo, what the fuck I'm gonna do with that, God? Get that shit out of here. <laughs> Telling people to their face, like, yo, get your shit out of here. Yo. I don't want to hear it. But Rizza know everybody around. This is how sharp he is. He know everybody, or MC or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
So when we just talking whatever, we just talking about regular people shit with him. You know what I'm saying? What's going on? What's what's popping tonight? This, this, and that. This is, and this is something again. I tell MCs or whatever. It's like, yo, you ain't gotta press people. Man. You don't. They know. Right. You know what I'm saying? They know if they know if they interested, they interested. If mm-hmm. not, you gotta leave them alone. All that pushing your CD up in somebody's face, man. That's more than a million and one odds that that's ever gonna work. Right. It works like literally a less than a handful out of millions and millions of people have been discovered that way. Mm-hmm. But just being around and being real people, it's like, yo, RZA did the show. And then at the end of it, we about to break out. Like, yo, we, pat, we dapping them up. Like, yo, I, I dapped up Killer Sin, was building with him. Mm-hmm. Yo, we about to break out. RZA, like, yo, I feel like freestyling. That's huh. I got. Me and Nice, H-Pone, look at each other. We was the only two from Brody there. We look at each other like, oh, word, RZA. Talking about freestyling? Wow. Like, okay. yo, I feel like freestyling. <laughs> Take everybody to the back, yo. I'm talking about Black Knights, Killer Army, some other people. Whoa, wow, it's yeah. literally like 300 people in this room. Wow. All MCs that will cut your head off and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we walk in, we follow, we like right behind RZA. Yo, this cat turn around once the room start filling in. This cat turn around to me and him like, yo, y'all got a verse of peace. Wow. We look at each other like, oh, shit, room quiet. <laughs> I mean, church mice, nigga. Church mice was in there. They, they got quiet. Everybody turned around looking at us. We like, it's 300 guns aimed at us right now. <laughs> Yo, me and him do like a 16 East. I think we had just did a song mm-hmm. from back in the day. Um, the hook was like, it's real in this world. Trying not to catch it. Um, wait, what's, what the fuck did we say? Say it was real in this world. Trying not to catch a raw deal in this world. Sometimes we rob and steal in this world. Drinks at the bar till I feel I'm a earl. Hmm. Four-wheel drive while I feel on your girl. The real copper feel. It's magic. We guarantee you still not as real. It's real in this world. <laughs> you hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we start doing that hook. And then we just do 216. Rizzo was like, and this is the wildest part of it. We had talked to him early in the night, probably like two hours before. He like said well, who he was, like Brody Chance. Mm-hmm. Yo. And then two hours later, after them rhymes or whatever, Rizzo was like, yo, Brody Chance, peace to the gods. Wow. And like bowed to us and shit. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole room was still like, you know, people was kind of gritting, but yeah. nobody jumped in. You know, that's the that was the era where, like, if you was whack, somebody would have cut your head off. Like, right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Niggas let us get through all the whole joint. Rizzo was like, peace to the cause, Bodie Champs. So remember that. Yeah. And we just, and we bought, we left after that. Like, we ain't stick around to just try to write his coattails. We wasn't into, like, matter of fact, his assistant was some British lady or some lady from Australia. And pulled out coattails and was like, yo, here's my card. Wow. Give me a call. RZA's still working on his stuff. But, you know, down the line when he get Wu-Tang Records or whatever he was doing at yeah. the time with those groups, he was like, yo, he'd be definitely be interested in y'all, whatever, that's, whatever. That's a smart dude, That shit dude, never man. happened. But, you know, that shit all fizzle. We see what happened with it. But yeah. just said that we left right after that, man. We were so high. I think we had smoked like three L's and we're just not feeling you nothing. Le- you left on a high note, man. You know, you, you you blessed the crowd. Like you said, I remember that. Like, if you freestyle and after a while, if you weren't tight, people just jump in. But like, all right, it's my turn. You ain't doing it. So you said no one interrupted, y'all. And on top of that, RZA was smart, man. I see how he built his his little armies, man. 
just having people spit on the spot. I mean, he was scouting people yeah. right there, right there. Of course, he, that's Crazy. how he probably p- picked up like a lot of them cats that was in the room. Right, got picked up the same way, and and you know, the fact that nobody cut our heads off, yeah, that was a big thing. Almost even bigger than the fact that RZA had gave us that genuine love, and we took that shit and we left. Right. We didn't stick around. You know what I'm saying? We wasn't interested in trying to ride the man to death. Like we was happy with that shit. Right. You right. know, and I think that you know we took that. I don't. Who knows what the fuck would have came of it? I know that that label never popped off, and that shit all fizzled. And that you know, a lot of them people ain't even around no more. Right. But needless to say. I was happy with that. That so was that's that a long, moment, man. Hell yeah, dude. Dumb three moments I just gave you. <laughs> that's crazy. Is wow. So what do you I've want now? With this shit. That's so, what I'm telling you right now. He just chilling. Like, no, I've been happy. You're with good. This. I've been happy with where I'm at. Yeah. Like, when I did Ghost Maker, I pressed that shit up in my crib myself in 2002, 2003. So what? In and out on the street. What does this mean to MCs now? Like, like you know, ones that are trying to get on. Like, wh- time doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Just do it, do it the right way. Work smarter, not harder. Because right. there's literally millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of MCs. Absolutely, yeah. The fact that I have even 300, 200, a couple hundred people that will buy my product right. or spend money with me, right. that means everything. That's big there. What you just said is big right there. Because I think people forget that that fan base you have now, man, is really important, man. I mean, they, they could be with you your whole life, man. Don't don't. Oh, they are. Yeah, they are. And I'm a person with like you know I have a relatively small but but real fan base. Right. I mail these packages out, man. So yeah. I know that you know. And the thing is, is like, man, listen. All that shit shouldn't matter as long as you feel like people are giving you your recognition and your due. Right. I don't know what that means for some people, but I know what it meant for me was by 2005 I had already like accomplished. Mm-hmm. my hip-hop goal you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. even a cat like look at an underground legend like c ray's walls man oh yeah that's my brother right yeah there. That, that he cat, can freestyle too man Shoot, man that cat is you know a legendary cat yeah it's a legendary dude yeah he has a brody champs logo tattooed on him man. oh word. that shit when i saw that i was like man listen <laughs> It was real. Like, you know, I had people in the street wearing a T-shirt because we come from that press up, you know, just buy the CD press, press up your own CDs, go to Kinko's and do your own covers, (laughs) cut them shits up, package your own CDs. That's a lost art, man. Dang. I never lost it. I'm packaging up vinyl right now. It's like making a comeback, though. I'm I'm starting to see that people want, want that tangible again, you know? It's not all this this digital. Some people still want yeah, that. Yeah, you gotta man. make it special, man. Yeah, make, just make your make your tangible shit special. People really value it, yo. Yeah. I had CDs, the same shit. I'm telling you, I pressed up and went to Kinko's and did that. I've done seen them shits go on Discogs for over a hundred dollars. I've wow. seen eBay sets for like two CDs for like one hundred and twenty, hundred thirty dollars. Mm. Jeez, man, that's good, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let let let's talk about some things outside the music, man. Like, well, with the show's called Books, Beats, and Beyond. So I'm always asking, what are people like reading? What are you reading right now? Like articles, books, magazines. What 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 what's, what's impacting you right now, or did impact your life? Man, listen, I'm reading all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I read probably a book a day on the internet, just going around right. and, and reading the different articles and sites I go to. Man, yeah. Like, I like to read 
uh, the Nikkei, you know, over there in, in oh, okay. Asia. Yeah. I like to read, I, like, I, I'm on Twitter, but I do lists. So, like, like my lists, I put, like, a lot of informative people with different opinions oh, on there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and basically just go through and just read the articles and, and, and books that they're, like, putting me onto. Mm-hmm. So, but um, the last shit I read was uh, The Big Con. The Big Con. Okay. Yeah, it's an old, old book. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That was like the first, the last one I kind of had gone through, but I have a list. You know what I'm saying? Actually, no, I read Fire and Fury. Fire and Fury. Fire and Fury. Okay. Okay. The book about Trump. Oh, that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How was that? Oh, man. It's good, but it's nothing we really didn't know already. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're dealing with those type of people, man, you, you got to realize what you're dealing with. None of that shit is surprising. Right. How do how do you I read you I just read you God's book too. You God's book is funny as hell, man. You God's book, okay. How was that? Yeah. Oh man, you God's book you God's book was good, man. <laughs> um you got um you got the Soul of America. Soul of America, okay, okay. Yeah, that's by John Meacham. That's oh, okay. on my, that's on the shelf on the list I'm just pouring into. Um I got Jesse Ventura Marijuana Manifesto. <laughs> And um, I got um, bring the war home, uh, the white power movement. Mm, wow, how so was that's that? One? Like really on my docket right now. Oh, here. those are okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm I'm pouring through right now. Like, and I'm, I'm a reader, man. How how now? How how much does all this reading really affect your rhymes? You think like you think oh, it has you, a big impact, right? If that's the hugest advantage you can get is if you read, man. Yes, picking yeah. up new vocabulary seeing how to format and shape things even reading man it just develops your imagination yeah i could tell about i could tell you you do that because um you have a song in there called uh uh pagan politics right yeah and and i was really just wanted to you had a line in there you're like they give us freedom the same time they give us death uncle sam ran a scam and we trying to wring his neck (laughs) that line was dope talk about that facts yeah. Put the saber on your tooth and leave him naked in the roof. If he stated it's the truth, but we ain't catering to you. Took some hostages at Goldman Sachs. I told them play it smooth. Put them digits in the bag. Please don't make me raise the roof. Do what he do to get a check cashed. Then interrupt their game like a red flag. No jet lag, just cannabis or extract. Then he drove away in a stolen mobile meth lab. Hockey sticks across the wrists and shins. Duct tape around your kit and kin. Let the treasure hunt begin. A supposedly fun thing I'll never do again. Ben Grimm, the rock was never really his thing. Stay quiet when niggas talked about the bing. Never really threw his hat in the ring. That's the thing. He was always in the wings. He was always alone. We was never really friends. He always stayed home when we was getting hey, it in. Politics, we in jail on scholarships. Can't even show that off. They may pocket it. And even see him do it while you was watching it. I ain't gonna say nothing about it. It should be obvious. Pagan politics, we in jail on scholarships. Can't even show that off. They may pocket it. And you ain't see him do it. Why you was watching it, but I ain't gonna say nothing about it, it should be obvious They give us freedom, same time they give us death Uncle Sam ran a scam and we trying to wring his neck It's that germ warfare, y'all never will disinfect On the road to the riches, although he skipped a step Yep 
could tell he ain't used to the love His soul still blacker than Lucifer's lungs Was sad to see Kanye cooning for Trump But I guess that's why they scared to introduce him to us Loosen your tongue and watch how I start boots in the mud Instead of aiming for the stars, I tell him shoot for the sun Teach your dogs how to sit, then he neutered your pups Got the leg room to fit, all your goons in the trunk Want common sense, I give you real Negro quotes Knew he was lying at the two measly totes Obama could though, we not selling hope The hour grows late though, I watch the nigga go The hour grows late, we laid in wait In the dark where we wear our real face Volcanic ash spread across dead lake Rugged like Rwanda, wandered for The monsters they had a ball politics, we in jail on scholarships Can't even show that off, they may pocket it And even see him do it while you was watching it I ain't gonna say nothing about it, it should be obvious Pagan politics, we in jail on scholarships Can't even show that off, they may pocket it And you ain't see him do it while you was watching it But I ain't gonna say nothing about it, it should be obvious Two scoundrels who've corrupted everything they've ever touched. And it will stop at nothing, not even murder, to get what they want. The culture right now in society, you have freedom within a parameter. You know. Yeah. But with, with certain policies that have been entrenched for decades it's hard for people to crawl their way out. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Things aren't geared towards the average person. Like I was talking about with the school to prison pipeline. Mm -hmm. That's very real. You know what I'm saying? You take away education, you make education seem uncool and unpopular. That's one of the things, man. People don't realize like Wu-Tang and all, like a lot of those groups, though there was ignorance in there, there was still education. Yeah, for the kids. Yes, yes. You got to be able to mix the entertainment, man. And the entertainment and the education is what does it. KRS, a lot of kids, man. And Do you think that's still here, though? Do you think that's still here? Like, mainstream-wise, do you think that that's what's missing? Like, the... the I mean, well, we... It depends what you mean with the mainstream. Right, that's like, true. You still got to remember, like... Like, if we turned on the radio. A... Like, if we turned on the radio... And if you turn on the radio, you're going to listen to programming. Mm-hmm. You're going to listen to yourself being programmed into a machine that shows up to these annual events and knows the words to every song because you've been programmed with the same seven songs. But it's so crazy how, hour. like, when we came up, they were dropping jewels. I mean, it'd be like only certain people might hear it, but those people that hear it would then break it down for others. It was crazy. Like, I don't even really hear that anymore when i turn on the radio but like when you dig deep if 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 you dig in the internet you could kind of find Fam, some of that it yeah. was out there white lines all oh, there look at fucking um all that shit man slick rick had mad gems in his joints it's crazy you like know, what happened everybody oh you know what happened i know after public enemy <laughs> say by the time i get to arizona they turn they cut the lights off man. <laughs> Yeah. Shit, even Motel Six cut the lights off. Man. They stay everybody shut that shit down, man. Mm. And the music was getting a little too popular. I and I still believe this, man. Um it's a couple big books um Dan Charnis put out on the business of hip hop mm-hmm. that I recommend everybody read. Okay. That shit is a big thick Bible book. Stick it in the Bible. Okay. But it breaks down so I know much. What you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dan Charnis it, it, it's a really that's one of the the last books I read as well. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, man, 
you go through that and you see how many attempts were made to water this down yeah. and just to commercialize it and take all the essence and soul and what we do out of it yeah. to sell it and market it, to mass market it, you'll see that what happened was they won. And, and as right. a side note, we started being able to enjoy the freedom. Like hip hop was the original internet. Mm. You know, you double tape and that shit spreads right. fucking everywhere. It did, and yeah. that the lingo spreads and then you see the videos and the dress code spreads. Mm -hmm. And if you can control that messaging, that's Oof, powerful. That's powerful. That is really powerful. And yeah. if you see these niggas coming through here, start talking about education and economics and black wealth and mm -hmm. real freedom and being the derailment of several movements and, and, and people. Mm -hmm. And you start letting these, these niggers heavy ER <laughs> come in <laughs> And you let them start spreading that to the people. Yeah. Oh man, we got to turn the lights off. We got to cut the faucet off on this. Absolutely. And we got to use them to do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. And no one, no one believes time. us. Like when we talk like this, a lot of people are like, man, that's just conspiracy stuff. Like they're like people, people just want to, people just like the music that's out now. Yeah, they might like it, but I'm telling you, it's way deeper than that. There's no way you could just cut the message if off. If like people that. just liked anything. <laughs> It wouldn't be programmed. Exactly. There would be no need for programming. Right. And you would listen to how many songs you think it made every single day all over the world, <laughs> right. let alone here exactly. in studios. And how many talented artists who can really sing that don't need machines. Exactly. Yeah. And people who can really write their own rhymes and are super, super talented. How many of them are getting neglected? How many of them have hit songs sitting on a computer right now mm -hmm. that they're just sitting back looking like, damn but i can't get this to the radio i can't get this to the to even the satellite radio or yeah nobody's going to listen to it because it isn't prefaced right and to preface it right you need a cosign exactly and if I, if you ain't got a cosign you're going to be like me standing out there on your own two feet mm -hmm. hopefully getting some bread so you could put your money where your mouth is and put your own physical product out and build with these distributors and have a sales history like yo i moved over a thousand units of this i moved over right. this to this and to be able to go to those people with paperwork, not just, yo, I rap good. <laughs> yo, my man beats is good. Yeah. And once you do that, you could, you know, I got my own company. That's another thing is like, yo, for the last couple of years, I've been putting out my own shit legally through my own company. Dope. Good. Grouchy Party, you know, um, dot com. That's important, man. Uh, you know, for all up, up upcoming MCs hearing this, you know, there's not just the the talent that you can rhyme, but there's also the other talent that you need to work on is is man, maintaining your own business. Everybody can rhyme, man. Everybody yeah. can rhyme. You know, if you ain't got no business sense, you're only gonna go but so far. Right. And if you and and even shorter, if you really, you know, just out here just talking about I rap good, because then somebody with business sense is gonna take advantage of you. Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what goes down i have i have put my own shit out luckily blessed enough to get my own distribution but um yeah yo that's what it's about to me so the that was a very long answer to your question no it was I've good been, it was a good i've answer. been very Absolutely. satisfied and <laughs> yeah. happy with where i'm at for a long time with me as a grown man like i bought my first house in atlanta congrats man i did that over a decade ago like yeah. dog once i did that and can see like the power of getting this paper and really making it happen and yeah. and busting your ass to hustle and really work yeah and get and and you'll be able to make your little dreams happen and whatever you want to do you know i don't right. mean to say little dreams but i mean just anything happen. It, yeah right 
Yeah. Well, that's dope, man. I, I, I like I like the insight you gave, man. Just the history of all, all the the legends you met and, and, and the grind that you 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 put toward this. And then understanding that, you know, this is serious. If you really if you're really serious about it, you really got to get serious about it. And and just talking about your history and what you're doing. Uh, I think a lot of MCs, upcoming MCs need to hear that. And I think that's a good thing. Now, I'm, I'm well, really. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I'm really interested because I mean, to me, you're like an, an epitome of, of an MC. Right. And and I with this question I'm about to ask you, I am very curious who who you're going to say or your or your your biggest influence uh, i i'm going to ask what three albums and or songs had the biggest influence on shaping who you are today oh man just three albums <laughs> yep yep uh ah man that's a tough one i tell you fucking Either as straight out of Compton okay. or America's Most Wanted, uh, those both wow. together. Yeah, uh, definitely Ultra Magnetic, mm. Critical Beatdown. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, KRS, uh, uh, probably by any means necessary, mm. just because of my age and the way that hit me. Yeah, Public Enemy, Nation of Millions, um, and then of course Illmatic, Cuban Links. OC Jewels. That's <laughs> hard, huh? Actually, you know, th- <laughs> yeah. that actually OC that re- record right there oh, Jewels? was kind of yeah. like what I wanted to do with at War with the Shadows. Like ah. I kind of patterned that record yeah. that I just dropped after that OC record mm. because I feel like those the type of records to where they'll they're timeless, they're timeless and they have gems in them that you can dig up 10 years from now. Right. But that, the playability, beats wise, rhyme wise, you know, that's one of those records right there. Um, that is a it's tough a album. lot, man. Yeah. It's a lot. But those in particular, like those albums right there that I just named, yeah, probably a Wu joint too. I can't. I, I don't <laughs> know which one. Yeah, it definitely wasn't Thirty Six Chambers. It might have been. Oh, I said Cuban Links. Yeah, but it probably was like who i am today like as a kid listening to shit like right around those times like mm. those rappers really i love how you said ultra magnetic mcs and how you said oc i know there's a lot of people listening that might not even know who that is if y'all don't know who those are you need to listen those are th- those are some classic albums some legends right there. oh let me tell you this too stunts blunts and hip-hop you got to put that in there. okay okay you know that that's what i'm giving you albums Really, when you talk about, like, to me, you know, uh, by any means necessary, yeah. brand new being like oh. the records I'm giving you, I'm gauging it by how long they lived in my car or uh, if they ever <laughs> left my car <laughs> when I had got a car when I was a kid, like, yeah, you know, or my, my headphone, my Walkman before I had a whip because, of course, some of that shit was before I was old enough to really drive legally, <laughs> though he was wheeling early. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, those those records was like, yo, how long did they stay in your walk, man? How long did that stay in the whip? <laughs> yeah. And some of those records never left my whip, so that's yeah. why I'm telling you, like, those are dope. That's what those records definitely impacted me as like a person that was a fan listening to hip hop. Dope, dope. So what what do you want people to mainly take away from the album at the war at war with the shadows? Oh, take a take away from it that um. The kid has been nice with this, man. <laughs> I've right. been nice with it. Like, I'm not even going to hold you. The kid been nice with it. The pen never left. 
it been sharpened from some of the rawest places, like places where people could was like uncomfortable even being hmm. to even hear hip hop. Like mm-hmm. motherfuckers would be scared to even go rap there. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> right. that's you know, and that's not even just a block. That's like a a, a cl- the back of a club somewhere, right? Exactly. Or, you know, <laughs> a, a shady ass house party where you don't know nobody. It's just you and your man there, <laughs> and y'all trying to rap and battle they man. Ooh, yeah. Right. And we've been through a couple of those. That's why I'm like, yo. And we left every time we left. That's and that, I gotta shout out my dude, a kill new rule. Um, that's my brother from back then. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Carnage, all these people, like oh, Carnage, yeah, Jans, all these people. Yeah. But yo, when you could do something like that, go to somebody's hood and rap against the the person that they say is the nastiest yeah. or the nicest. Right. And you could leave without brawling or getting into a rumble. Right. That's <laughs> that's what I come from. I don't come from being on the internet and doing fucking gimmicks and, <laughs> and getting a cosign, yo, my man's said such and such, yo, your man's is bullshit too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Fuck him and you. You know what I'm saying? So I come from that era where it was like, you don't give love. So that's why now when I know that like it's some MCs, I've heard that I've heard directly from some people's that it was a couple rappers that's like, yo, high regarded. That's like, yo, such and such heard your shit feel like you threatening. Word. Like wow. what? And you gotta take that shit a certain way, like, wow, really? So it's like, and that take kids and, and people out there that do this take this too from it. It's like you never know who's listening to your yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Right. And feeling a way about you. You never do, man. Right. So I don't even I don't even discuss that, man. Like I spent four hours in the pool yesterday. You know, I was playing catch with my kid, hmm. you know, running around and shit, you know, getting fly. Like I my my shit right now is about living life, like right. being as tropical as possible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm trying to I'm trying to envision my make my, my plateau right here be the West Indies somewhere. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm right. at home. Like right. I'm chilling. I'm not worried about nothing. I do right. this casually and sometimes people don't don't even realize it when I say it, but I'm like, oh, I treat rap like seasonal work. <laughs> I come through December, I stock the shelves up a little bit, right. get my bread, you know, give people their gifts, and I'm out. <laughs> right. I'm not worried. Don't call me in February talking about yo. What's up with this and that? Mm-hmm. I'm not no, I'm not worried about that in February. Man. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm I'm over somewhere else. I'm I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm not focused on it. That's why I tell people will will be offended when you be like, "Yo, I'm not a rapper." Like, yo, I only know you for rapping. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's what you know me for. But the same way, like a lot of people that was in '80s movies or '80s TV shows, right? Like they not that character, fam. Right. That's true. And I'm not saying, you know, the poetry and all that is from me. So, yes, that's me. You know, at the time or whatever I was going through, it's like writing a book. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, things change. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and people, people got to understand they got to adapt to that, you know, because you're a human being, too. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And I, I try to I try to really make people recognize I'm a human first. Mm-hmm. I'm a rapper. Like if, if my my human, you know, my humanity scale is like, yo. I'm 89.9% or fucking 98.9% just doing me regular shit, living life, eating good, trying to eat as good as possible, Mm -hmm. sleeping right, you know what I'm saying, trying to wake up as good as possible. 
and the rap shit is probably the percentage that's left. That's <laughs> what my focus is. Yeah. And that's to me and any other really rappers. I don't really listen to hip hop. Mm. I listen to mostly, you know, jazz records or funk soul fusion records or reggae or I listen to a lot of different type of music. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And that's a good thing though. It it really kind of takes your mind off off the 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 music for a minute, kind of clear it out. And plus it probably gives you more insight and more influence to put toward hip-hop bring some new gems in their elements right yeah plus you don't take in anybody's examples got you yeah you start listening to people that shit can can start taking in yeah. you know a lot of uh, a lot of energy and shit yeah so, you know I, i'm basically like I, i'm happy with where i'm at man, yeah. every day like i've been working from the crib for like 10 years wow you know, that's I good, do a, man I'm I'm like Jamaicans, but I except I work probably like two more jobs than them. You know what I'm saying, and I own my own company, and I'm trying to focus on starting another business. That's like, dope, man. We grown men, like yeah. At it's your late thirties, early forties. You shouldn't be really focused on still hanging out at the club, oh, and God, chain no. out, <laughs> yeah. taking pictures in front of cars and shit. Like, yeah. that, like you should be focused on. And this is not me talking to you like I'm your pop. Absolutely, I'm not, yeah, yeah. Maybe. You know, I go back. I was getting dirty in the late nineties. But so you got experience, though. You know, you got experience. I mean, I, if someone's really serious and and the people who really understand that, you can learn a lot from the your the elders. You know, the the right elders. You know, what I mean, the people that tell you the experience is wisdom. Yeah, that's what you're doing right now, and, and I, I think it's important that people hear. Well, it's a yin and a yang because the best art and the best music comes from being in an uncomfortable space and mm-hmm. being like and having that real grit, having that real my back's against the wall i ain't got nothing like mm-hmm. when when you first probably heard me on records that was coming out on subverse that was mm-hmm. like my first vinyl mm-hmm. like i literally was damn near homeless you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying i didn't have shit i didn't have nothing mm-hmm. i really didn't have nothing i you know of course you could always go home to moms and try to get in with her and shit but who wants to do that right You're trying to make get the world work exactly yeah. and figure things out you ain't going home right so I was, you know, I didn't had apartments. I didn't crashed on couches. I didn't lived out of a fucking MPV for a minute. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And all of that grit goes into your experiences. But it, at least, you know, I appreciate everything because I know what going in to use a fucking hotel bathroom to do like a fucking bird bath <laughs> because you ain't have no bathroom or no yeah. shower for a minute. I know what that shit is like. I know about the lights getting cut off and roaches and rats and you know i come from that grit that never leaves you right no matter where you go i'm a million miles away from that i remember driving around with a whip with a broken window where the window wouldn't go all the way up rain hail snow whatever yeah you had to put a motherfucking t-shirt in that joint or try to (laughs) tape it up right you know what i mean and all of that goes into experiences of living and appreciating the small things and counting your blessings and not sitting there belly aching about how and what's not going right you know what i'm saying right right yeah so i get up every day man and 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 traveling and being around the world that definitely opens you up yeah all of that and listen man once you get out and you can see what the world is really about and not just what they try to broadcast to you on Mm -hmm. tv or on the internet and present to you and see it for yourself and be around people you have a whole different understanding right right Wow. Well, Mark Speck, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show because, you know, 
the the stuff you've been through, the history, the people you met. Um, I think it's very important that, you know, people in my audience that are upcoming MCs hear this because success is what you what you define it. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be all those millions of dollars. It doesn't have to be this, that. It could just be whatever that goal is in your head that makes you feel like really happy. You know what I mean? That that's and and also just showing that you can be you could start way at the bottom and, and, and make it to a place that's comfortable off of this music without selling your soul. So I think thank you so much for talking and, and, and expressing and talking about your history. Cause um, I think it's really important that, that we, man, we I this, appreciate man. you and the listeners and I'm going to leave them with one more gem. Success is mostly quiet, man. And I hmm. take this as a lesson from what I just seen from real successful people that I've known or, you know how I don't know, you know, nobody knows another person, but these people seem genuinely happy living and they not broadcasting. Mm. I say success is mostly quiet. Yes, yeah, it's one. not what you can see. Um, and just trying to pattern yourself over what you perceive from someone else and what they may be broadcasting to you as success. That ain't real success, man. Success is mostly quiet. You don't see it. Mm. It's a feeling, you know what I'm saying? You got to feel successful with yourself first. Yeah. So I say, say that to say like, yo, Stop looking at what all these other people doing out here and trying to feel like you're not successful at what you're doing. Right. Because as long as you as long as you're not I'm not saying to be comfortable and just settled. Right. With mediocrity. I'm saying to try to strive to attain your own success in your own lane. Right. You could be on the highway or you could be on your own lane. Right. Yo, that's a dope quote. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to use that, man. Success is mostly quiet, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I appreciate well, y'all, man. Yeah, appreciate you too, man. Thanks for being on the show. Peace. Peace, man. If you want to purchase the music, I've included links in the show notes. Or you could just go to booksbeatsandbeyond.com. And you know what's cool is by clicking on the links, you support the guests, the music artists. And we get a small commission, which is no extra cost to you, that will go toward the operations of this show. Also, click on the iTunes link to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. If you did this stuff already, I just want to say thank you so much for your support. Remember, let's read, listen, explore.